Hey everybody, this is Black Man Right World with Mike Thompson. And today I am going solo for a couple reasons. The first is because Grant is physically not here. He is literally out of the country or he might be back. I'm not sure yet, but I do know he is away. But the second reason is uh, with the new iteration of this podcast, which is interesting because it started back up in March and we hit the ground running. Then come April, just ghosted. Just no episodes, not shit. And that was for a couple of reasons. One was just time and energy. Uh, that month, I was going to Coachella. And whether you want to read between the lines or just clearly what's out there right in front of you, Anybody got time to be doing all this work on top of my job in media while I'm also, you know, losing my mind in Coachella. So, yeah, we kind of took a break for that month. But then the second reason why this one's a little more true to the to the reason is because with the new iteration of this podcast, it's kind of still kind of searching for exactly what I want to do and how I want to put my voice out there. And that can or cannot always involve the collaboration of a white host, which in this case was Grant. It was like, do I always need that crutch or can this be more beneficial if you're coming directly from me and I'm spending more time with guests, interviews, bringing people on and then having Grant appear every now and then as a co-host since he kind of knows me like the back of my head. Um, so at this point, there will be several episodes that will have just me. I will bring on guests. I'll be talking to people either in the industry, whether that industry is music, TV, film, uh, photography, visual art. Uh, it could also be in medicine. It could be, you know, in science, STEM, teaching. Gonna definitely have some teachers on. There's going to be a lot of different people from different walks of life that all have some kind of connection to me and in my actual world, but they'll be able to speak to the, to the worlds they live in. And we're definitely going to keep the voice and the tone of getting an experience of what life is like from a black man, which in this case is me. And it's kind of funny that I have the title black man, right world, because at some point in the last couple of months, probably last, what, seven, eight, nine, 10, 12 months, I have come to discover that I have realized that how I feel inside and out, all up and through this motherfucking body, is that I identify as non-binary, which I still use the he, him pronouns, but uh, they, them is more indicative of who I am. And a bitch got a podcast named Black Man Right World, so prepare to be confused. Uh, <laughs> unless I just change the name to Black They in the right world. What I want to start off today is kind of just Jumping in, definitely don't want to talk about too much news because it's nothing but mass shootings every day, uh, assault rifles, who can own them, who can't own them, the queer community being more of a threat to the world than guns that kill people, fake bomb threats, real bomb threats, just bullshit. 
Uh, so the only thing I can speak to the political sphere is Florida fucking sucks. Anybody got time for Florida? Like I used to love Florida back in the day when it was Epcot Center, Disney World, all of that. Like Disney World still still kicks, and Miami is it? Parts of Miami, but the rest of that shit, it's a wrap. Florida fucking sucks. Like I read, I just read some article about a teacher that was criticized over student or showing students a Disney movie. Because it had a character that's biracial and gay. That new movie that like came out that nobody watched called Strange World. It's a kids movie. So I don't understand why there's even an argument. But they're upset because the character was biracial and gay. Like, I, I understand that Florida is fucking outwardly homophobic. But, like, the biracial part is also pissing y'all off. Like, damn. Y'all are stuck in 1953. I don't know. It's just not it. Like... Maybe I would be upset, too, if it was that fucking human all the time. But I don't know. Florida's trash. Get it together. Like, if you want to be relevant, be relevant about something else than bigotry. Other than that, I've just been kicking back and listening to Hash Browns on repeat, which is a song from this band. It's like a duo called Sax Kicks Ave. It's actually comprised of a rapper named Alfred Banks from New Orleans and... This other guy named Albert Allenback, who is the sax player from Tank and the Bangas. Like, I, I don't even know how I came about. Well, it was a tiny desk that I watched for Tank and the Bangas when they, like, competed years ago. And then they did a, another tiny desk where they actually performed a series of songs, not just the one. And I remember Al, Albert was on the side, and he was wearing this shirt uh like a pikachu shirt i don't know if it was that performance or was, there was one of the performers who was wearing a pikachu shirt, pikachu shirt but it was one of my favorite shirts and we had the same shirt i just kept following his career and basically he came together i think i don't know it was around the pandemic time but him and alfred the two owls came together formed sax kicks ave and they got good music new song called hash browns fucking with it and they got a new album coming out soon called Nectarine Pills. And I'm a, I'm a vibe with that shit too. But over the weekend, very chill. Watch Succession like everybody else. That shit's crazy. It's just, it was too real. It was like watching the, you know, 2016 election all over again. But getting kind of like a back seat behind the scenes look. And I wasn't, I was like stressed out. But still love the show. HBO consistently killed. Then on the other side of the entertainment industry, we have the writers still on strike because people who got too much money don't want to share that money. And it sucks for the writers. And since this is like my world, like I obviously 1000% uh, in support of the writers um, and, and their needs and their demands. Saw that the Tony Awards is not going to air. On June 11th, which means, you know, that's one less James Corden performance that we have to see. I mean, no, it's, that's kind of unfortunate because I do think the Tony Awards kind of, they definitely give a push to all the theater uh, shows that are coming out, you know, Broadway shows and stuff that are out there because they don't get the same play as like Marvel movies and stuff like that. Speaking of which, I saw Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. I will say that it is probably the best Guardians of the Galaxy, which is a good thing. And it's not not just like a general thing to say, because, you know, some of these moments be coming out and I'll be like, 
it ain't it, Chief. Like, I don't know who's in charge. It's just sometimes it'd be a hodgepodge mess of CGI and ill-timed jokes, and it don't be hitting. But this one hit. This one slapped. They had another Black villain. But at least this Black villain is not a villain in real life. Like, unfortunate shout-out to Jonathan Majors. Because <laughs> I don't know what's going on in his world. But the villain... Uh, in this situation, in this movie, was great. He was scary. He was, like, believable. I kind of was like, damn, I feel him. I vibe with what he's going for. But also, he's sadistic and, like, this is crazy and, like, do need to chill. Um, but then there was animals involved. And, man, that, okay, like, a lot of the Marvel movies kind of make me sad and stuff. When people begin to snap into oblivion and shit by magical gloves and stuff. But this one with like there's raccoons and rabbits and and an otter, I think the other thing was, and big ass walrus. Like there was just all these different animals that like when I saw them, you know, going through situations, uh, it was too much. I'm probably gonna watch the movie once and I can't watch it again. But yeah, Marvel movie was great. Then of course. The moment I have been waiting for since I don't know when, like 2019 or something. I don't remember when. But Tears of the Kingdom came out. The new Legend of Zelda. The shit is it. It's fucking, it's fire. It's great. Zelda's back. She got her hair in updo. She got her braid. Link back. He got long hair. He started off the game shirtless, looking crazy. Uh, Ganon is hot in this game. So... It's good stuff. I haven't got to play it that much, but from what I have played so far, it's pretty It's pretty good. This weekend, I had the chance to go to the Just Like Heaven Music Festival, which was on Saturday. I did that, yeah, Saturday the 13th? Yeah. So I went to Just Like Heaven Music Festivals in Pasadena. Shit was tight because it was very indie, very low-key, still by Golden Voice, of course. But in comparison to Coachella that I also just went to, you know, you get like the big major A-list pop singers that kind of, you know, they bring in all of these different types of people who are kind of just there for like Instagram photos and photo ops. This festival, very different. Uh, there was families there, people, you know, in their 30s, their 40s, their 50s, fans of these indie bands and stuff who have been around for 20, 30 years. Um, and it's just great to see all the different types of people that are interested in this music and how they enjoy it. Got to kick back with some people ran into Reggie Watts at one point, which was random, but he's chill as fuck. Um, and then just got to hear some great music. Azalea Banks though, she was like 35 minutes late and only had five minutes to perform or something like that. And she tried to, she did like little snippets of all of her songs. And I was like, Azalea. I don't know if he was in the closet cooking up chickens, cutting up chickens and shit again, but that was not it. It was too hot and too muggy for you to be late. I don't know the reason, but that was unfortunate. But I also got to see Caribou, Empire of the Sun, Future Islands, Hot Chip were great. Uh, a surprise for me, because I had no idea who they were, was Fever Ray. Was they were great. I don't know how they identify, but it was three 
three or four people on stage in costumes uh and just get ups that were just just great very colorful the music was amazing felt very much like a soundtrack of your lifetime uh sound the biggest takeaway was peaches as canadio electro clash musician producer I don't know if y'all remember Peaches from back in the day. Do y'all remember sucking on my titties like you wanted me, calling me? Okay, so that's Peaches. And she did perform those songs from Teachers of Peaches, which is like came out like in 2007. That shit was like part of my formative years. But we got Fuck the Pain Away, which is, I'm sure y'all heard it in, I don't even know. It's It was all over TV at that time. But I think it was in Jackass was a, was a big time that it, it came out. Um, the then operate from it was in the trailer for Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen, I think, or it might be in that movie, but it was also in another Lindsay Lohan movie, uh, Mean Girls, when they're talking about Regina George. That song, both of those songs, fucking slap. Then she played Dick in the Air, which just by the title, you already know. And boys want to be her. And then she did close up with this other artist named Christine, who they had their legs up in the air. There was booties out, titties out, full ass titties. It was a lot. Like Peaches, Peaches always gives a great performance, but I'm just glad I finally got to see it up close and personal. And yeah, she would in between every song, she would actually change her outfit, but she wouldn't go backstage to change it. She would change it right there on stage titties out just underwear just just right in front of everybody and we loved it i mean she had like little pasties over her nipples so technically according to like instagram rules she wasn't naked then the main event for me the night at the end of the night was going to be mgmt and the aes i've been waiting to see mgmt since they hit the scene um the good thing was this time around oracular spectacular was like they were playing the album in its entirety. So I lucked out because I was worried that I was like, it's been so long since I never got to see them. Are they going to play, you know, Congratulations, which I really don't fuck with, or Little Dark Age, which I like know three songs from. Of course, me and Michael. But no, they played Oracular Spectacular from beginning to end. No skips. They didn't, they didn't shuffle it up. They didn't do it in a different order. They did it straight from the order of the album from, you know, trying to pretend all the way down to uh shit what was the song fourth dimensional transition which i don't think they had even performed that song since like 2013 like 10 years ago and then uh oh the uh, no, the last song i think was in love always remains and they hadn't performed that since i was in high school in 2005 since like my junior year so that's wild you know a lot of us a lot of people didn't get to see some of these songs uh for you know 10 15 years so to experience that now is it was life-changing if you will andrew and ben fucking you know doing minimalist musical magic uh at the end of the night we had the yeah yeah yes and i've been fucking with karen O since i was watching tv one day i think it was my mom and dad and it was in the background and Maps came on. It was back when they played music videos all the time on TV. And Maps came on and it was weird. It made me uncomfortable, but I was obsessed. I listened to that song every time it came on MTV. I fucked with uh, the album 
fever to tell since it dropped like you know back in 2003 or sometime when i was in high school and it's just it's phenomenal hearing oh always puts on a great performance nick zinner brian chase is a fucking sick ass drummer and i mean it was just it it was tight i'm just happy that i got to see these people perform that i haven't seen or talked about in years so it was just it was a nice good indie chill festival um yeah she also they also played zero soft shock uh heads were roll from it's blitz which came out like when i was in college i think so that just to hear all those songs it just it very much brought me back like the soundtrack of my life time where like i was really trying to like apply music to my art apply music to my creations and what i do and that was just great and it's actually you know perfect to segue for the conversation today which is going to be with a good friend a collaborator of mine carlo haddad he's um my we've been working together we've been well we've been friends first i shouldn't say working together we've been friends since like 2011 2012 we've known each other since 2010 but uh we'll get into that when i when i have more later and just get to talk about what it's kind of like as adults to try to maintain friendships maintain camaraderie uh, working with friends, collaborating with friends, what that's like. Not too long of a conversation, but just a really good, healthy conversation talking about when things worked and when things didn't work and just how to maintain that in our adult life. Because, you know, it's not the same as like when you're a little kid and you're in kindergarten, and, you know, sitting in the desk next to somebody for an entire, you know, year and you have no choice but to be their friend. It's not the same as like, you have a couple of neighborhood kids who are hanging out and they all live, you know, a couple of doors down from each other. So they all, you guys all know each other. You might not have that much in common, but we all live next to each other. That's what we have in common. It's just not like that in our adult life. Some people are out here living in places like I live, Los Angeles, and don't know anybody. And so in our adult life, it's like, how do you maintain those friendships? How do you stick with those people? Do you still know the people from high school? Do you still know the people from college? from jobs that you had 10, 15 years ago. Um, and just how do you, how do you survive that? So it's a good conversation. And we also talk about what we got going on in the music world, because we do have a, a business, a company, if you will. So yeah, it was just good to even go to this Just Like Heaven Festival and kind of appreciate these certain songs that kind of brought me back and reminded me of why I chose um, to pursue a creative, you know, endeavor in music and try to help other artists in that way with management. So stay tuned for that conversation. All right, everyone. So we have my, what, I don't even, what's your title? My BFF, my Biffle. Uh, <laughs> 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 we, we have one of my Dearest friends and collaborators, we we work together. We're, we started a business together. We've done a whole bunch of things together. But it's Carlo. I want to introduce yourself, get to know you. Hi, everyone. Yeah. Um, I've been on this podcast before. So if anyone has a longtime listener, 
You've yeah, definitely heard me here before. Double dipper. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm very excited to be back. Um, I always listen to this podcast and it's like, I'm obviously like more used to having actual conversations with you than I am to like listening to you. So when I'm like listening to the podcast, I like sometimes want to respond and I'm like, I like start talking and I'm like, wait, we're not actually on the phone. Like I'm on Spotify and he recorded this weeks ago. So (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like nice to actually be here. (laughs) Now I can actually respond. Did you like take notes from those other episodes and be like, these are things that I want to check in about? Or no. I definitely text you sometimes and I'm like, and I'm like, it's mostly when you say funny things. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like check in with you guys sometimes about it later. Yeah, it's always funny when I'm recording those episodes that I'm like nervous that I'm like, uh, I know people who see me in my everyday life are probably gonna call me out or check me on something I said. Like, I can't believe you said that, or like, that's bullshit. Because <laughs> you guys are no. Like, usually, I just like burst out laughing because it's like stuff that I'm like, like I hear you say like outrageous things like in private, and then <laughs> you say it on the podcast. I'm like, ah. See, I don't think I say anything that's that but outrageous. It's fun. I feel it's like not I'm, that outrageous, but it's like hot takes, like, I don't know, just like very um, colorful thoughts. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm a person of color, so that's how my thoughts mm-hmm. run. So I want to talk to you about, obviously, our business, Ninth Floor Media. But before I go into that, I kind of wanted to touch on the topic of like friendships, loyalty, and kind of like maintaining that and navigating that. Because for us, there's times where I will think about like, oh, I've known, you know, Carlo for like, maybe like five or six years. (laughs) Like, in my mind, it feels like it hasn't been that long. But then even just our time living in Los Angeles before we were in college has been, it's like over a decade uh, with everything all together. So... It's just, it's interesting that we've been able to maintain that. Not just us. There's so many people from our college Mm -hmm. that we still are in contact with or, you know, closely in contact with See every other day. Um, And then, you know, people from our other jobs in the past that we've had throughout throughout life. So kind of want to touch on that whole story because I think that is very interesting how to navigate friendships um, in our adult life. Because it's kind of, it seems like something that I know people probably struggle with, but we have become masters of. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it actually didn't even really occur to me that not everyone kind of like had this community. Um, A lot of people who I've been meeting recently in life, they're always like so surprised that I still have this many friends from college or even friends that I've like been friends with for like, five to 10 years. And I even have some really close friends who I'm still friends with from high school. Mm -hmm. And I like one of them, one of them lives in LA and like, I see her pretty often. And like, um, yeah, and I just went to two other friends from high school's weddings, like, who I'm still really close with. So um, I am really grateful that I do have these longtime friends, because I'm like slowly learning that really not everyone has that. Yeah, that uh, I remember you going to these weddings. That's crazy that you're like in that phase because we're not that far apart in age, but I had this phase definitely of the friends that I still know from high school. Like all of them started getting married. Now they're like on their second 
first or second child. Like, so that's crazy. But it is very interesting to have, like, these pockets of friends. Like, I got friends from high school that I still keep in contact with. I have friends from college, um, from, like, Chapman. I have friends from my jobs that I had five or six, seven years ago. And then I have people that I just met, which I kind of always feel bad for the people that I recently have met because... They're, because the roster is so big from the past, these new people, it takes a long time for them to, like, phase their way into the group. Because I'm just like, right, bitch, I got a lot of people. I don't know if I can bring another motherfucker in here. Uh, but but what's the a funny story is that how you and I, like, I don't think we hated each other when we first met. But we definitely were not, like, it wasn't, like, best friends at first sight, for sure. Um, yeah, I always think about like <laughs> he's like yeah. <laughs> I you say that it was uh, that it was mutual, but I feel like you hated me first. I didn't hate you at all. I just thought that you were just like not like wanting to be friendly to me. You never like like you were like friends with so many people, and so then like we. But I like this happens uh, often. I think we did talk about this last time that like I like there's people who I don't say hi to or something, or if we don't meet each other, but we're like in the same spaces, but yeah. like it just like ends up being like too late to, cause then you're like, now it's awkward. Like we've been like seeing each other for like months and like, I've never said hi. So now I just like, it's just too late to be like, hi, I'm Carla. But um, yeah, I feel like that's kind of what happened to an extent. Like we yeah. just like knew about each other and it like, we were both very established in our groups and in our like the people that we were hanging out with and like our activities and then ultimately what brought us together was joining the same fraternity as founding fathers which um that even at the beginning of that we kind of operated within different groups of that fraternity but then we ended up being in the same family and um ended up i think when we did our first uh award-winning performance um <laughs> let them know because um, bitch that shit was good we, we got first fucking place but also i don't want anyone to see it because it's <laughs> it hasn't aged well <laughs> it really had it was like it was okay so the theme was like it, it was a theme just america it was like america slash support the troops as was yeah. like the sub theme uh, see we really we really took that fraternity shit to the but show. that is why that's probably why we got first place at it in Orange County. Yeah, they were loving it. Yeah, you could say it was probably... a great performance, though. I think it was objectively the best one of the night, but like it's still, <laughs> it doesn't, it didn't, like, it definitely didn't age well. I feel like yeah, we might have been like great, the inspiration and... for Trump supporters. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we we inspired Trump's run. <laughs> There was like four thousand views on that YouTube video. Really? Yeah, one of them. Pushing one of them the was uh, Breitbart, and the other one was Trump. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's funny because like I vividly remember this moment that we went to this. What was it? Watson's or whatever the drugstore that's like a cafe mm-hmm. or whatever diner. And you were there, and our mutual we were there with mutual friends, and I just like I was like I definitely have a window of time if i haven't started to introduce myself to this person by this but within that window i'm like i missed my mark and i've even noticed that with like my current job now like i'll be sitting in the office and like there'll be people that like know someone else that i've already talked to 
<laughs> but I just like Sorry, yeah you got COVID or something else <laughs> but there'll be people like I haven't talked to and and I'm like I know who you are but I'm not gonna introduce myself because I already missed the window and I'm like it's awkward and then I feel bad because I'm like here I go again redoing mm-hmm. the situation I had with you years ago but it's funny once that ice was broken like we kind of you know, we realized, like, damn, we have a lot in common. Uh, and it just, from there, kind of just kept, kept getting better and better and better because our lives started to improve outside of Chapman. Um, for myself, like, I started taking writing more serious, whether it was through freelance work or kind of taking on copywriting jobs and stuff like that in Los Angeles. And then you had the whole Hollywood CAA route. <laughs> which was interesting. Uh, but then that even brought in more people into our friend group. Mm-hmm. Definitely more so on your side, not me. I don't think I brought anyone from like any of the jobs I had. Well, granted, two jobs I had was already with friends that were, we already have, which was yeah. Grant and Kaylin. So I was like, I didn't need to bring these bitches into the group. But um, CAA definitely brought in some new faces and then they stuck around like after we all moved on from different jobs. And it's just interesting because it's like, yeah, when you're an adult, it's like you don't have play dates. You have to kind of create those for yourself for yourself. And it kind of seems corny. Like, I don't know, like, hey, what are you doing on Friday? Can you come outside and play? It's not doesn't look like that. But for us, it kind of looks like, do y'all want to go to the Getty and like, you know, <laughs> yeah, and, and and look at paintings, see the art, see the art? <laughs> with quotations, quote in quote. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but it's um, go ahead. Yeah. I I I feel like I like I remember growing up and like when I was younger, I would like occasionally meet like people from like my parents' college times or whatever, and like it was very few and far between. And I remember like, and they like didn't grow up in the u.s so like they they're like high school and like younger than college friends are all like from like the middle east and like all live there so like they're not seeing them very often and so i was always kind of like in advance like sad about that because <clears throat> i was like i have all these friends that i'm like making and like am i not going to be in touch with them and am i not going to be friends with them anymore or whatever and um i feel like for me like social media has been a big thing because like while i am like I don't know, we do like passively follow people sometimes, but like it has really enabled me to keep in touch with all these generations of people and then um, keep up with their lives and also just like technology in general. Like, I feel like I go out of my way to keep in touch with the people I want to keep in touch with. Um, And that's, I don't know, how I maintain those friendships. And like, like these play dates, like um, travel sometimes, like, um, I try and plan trips with people when I can. Um, yeah, I mean, it takes effort. It's not just, it doesn't just like naturally stay this way. But you said like plan trips when you can, like, like you go, like every couple years or so, I go to another country. Nah, bitch. Uh, <laughs> like between you and, and our other friend, Linda, like y'all be going, y'all be going hopping around Europe and shit like it's down the street. 
like for me it's like if i go visit you on the west side of la i'm like oh it's 20 minutes away i need to pack a bag an overnight bag i need to have some water i need to like let my mom know where i'm going <laughs> like this is intense for me but for you and linda y'all like oh we're just gonna like hop over to south africa we're gonna hop over to dubai we're just gonna <laughs> hop over to india or something and i'm like this is crazy but yeah the- linda really got that trend going because with me because i was always traveling like with my family when i was younger yeah. and then i like never really traveled like with friends very much and then when i was working with linda at ca i kind of like off the cuff like mostly joking was like Oh, not joking. I was like, I'd really love to go to South Africa. Like, that's somewhere I've like always wanted to go. And she's like, Oh yeah, we should go. And I'm like, Yeah, sure. Right. Like everyone says that. And I'm like, Let's go. Um, <laughs> and then like two two weeks later, she sent me like this whole fleshed out itinerary with like budgets, like flights, like hotels, like Airbnbs, everything. And I was like, Oh, like you were <laughs> you were actually serious. <laughs> and I was like, No. Uh, then. Uh, it was like, I was like, okay. And I was like, let's do it. And then that was like the first time that we went on like a big trip. And it was, I was like, it was very exciting for me. Cause I was like, now it's like open the door to like actually like planning with friends. And like, I feel like everyone's kind of getting to a place where like, every, like we're not like in college, like people know how to like budget things now. Like we understand our finances. Like we're not like, yeah. So like, I feel like that's been, I don't know. It's kind of opened the door to like, me being able to travel with different people and like explore places that like I can I can just go to places that I want to go to without having to like I don't know go with my family or something like I can kind of take the initiative myself which has been really exciting no that's that's like the the perk of being an adult like you can do still do the same things and have the same fun as you did when you were younger teenagers early 20s and stuff like that it's just now we have a new element of budgeting different we have different you know tax bracket so like we can <laughs> you can up your play dates to to something bigger than just riding bicycles out in the, in the front yard uh one thing that like this is definitely speaks to even how our friend linda's personality is is as an adult i find my friend groups like the way that i build them and maintain them and nurture them is like my lineup of pokemon or like <laughs> like you gotta like you have to have people of, with different strengths and you it's not like when you're younger, you sometimes have a friend group where you're all basically the same damn person because you guys all play the same sport. You all live next door to each other. You all are the same age. Uh, it's very homogenous. But then when you get older, like I found out what's what's been beneficial for me and I think for our, our you know, multi-layers of uh, friend, friends is that everybody has these, like, different strengths. And with Linda, like, she is, she's like an executive person like she will get it done you have to be careful what idea you say in front of her because the next day the idea will be executed and you'll be like oh shit like what do we do for example it's like i remember it was like a couple years ago I, we were talking about birthdays and stuff and i was like oh for my birthday i want to do like a midsummer theme i said that shit Next thing you know, she got me like I'm making, I'm creating invitations, I'm creating like itineraries, like the food list, drink list. She has like all the food she's gonna make. When the actual birthday happened, she showed up with a maypole that she made. Like we made pot pies with like actual pot in it. <laughs> it was like <laughs> it was just it was a lot, and I was just like, damn. See, like if she's about that life. Like if you you have to have people that that can like 
really push you, that can take your ideas and turn it into something right away. And and immediately like be like, yeah, that sounds cool. Like you have this vision or you have this this idea of what you want to do with your career. That sounds like a great idea. Like there's a friend, there's friends that are great like that, but there's no, they have to have those people in there too. It's like, okay, so what are the next steps? We're having a friend that kind of drives you, takes you to that next level from these little small ideas you might have can end up leading into like bigger projects. Um, and for us, that's led to Ninth Floor Media, which is a company that we we more or less started together. Um, what I want to talk about, touch on like what Ninth Floor Media is exactly, briefly, and then we can yes. go into what we do. <clears throat> Um, so Ninth Floor Media is a company that I started with Mike and now also in collaboration with our other friend, Linda, who we've talked about. We're talking about her a lot, but she will be on the podcast. So don't yes. worry, she will have her time to, <laughs> we're not just like talking about this person. Um, <laughs> but, we'll meet her again. So yes, she is, she, yeah, she's coming. Um, but so uh, this company, is um, initially and primarily a management company, but my dream is to expand it into um, a larger media company with a number of um, revenue streams. So uh, while that is still to be seen where that will go, um, the work that we have been doing is uh, artist management and development. Uh, for the longest with uh, and uh, most frequently is Slake Dronsky. Um, we should all check out his music. He's very talented. And um, a lot of his, uh, he's released a number of projects since the pandemic. So there's a lot to listen to. Um, but yeah, I don't know where to go from there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you're like, and period, and scene. I, it's, it's great because <laughs> like, the, where this kind of came from, I feel like I remember well one you live on the ninth floor so like that's that's the secret everybody yes that's the inspiration <laughs> for the for the name once if i ever move out of this apartment i don't know i guess it's just gonna be a memory the ninth floor but it's still a concept yeah you don't want we don't change the name to like whatever street you're living on <laughs> Um, but yeah, so like, I think it, it came up in like a conversation because we were thinking it would start off as more or less was the playlist first. Yes. So yes. that actually, um, but this started when I was back at CAA, uh, I was working in unscripted television and, um, I wanted to transition into the music touring department. So, uh, around that time. Uh, the music touring department is such a different vibe from the rest of the agency. It like, I don't know, it just, you, it, you just really had to express a interest in music and a knowledge of the music industry and your tastes and all of that. Um, so that kind of kicked it off. I was, it was mostly just for me to start like developing additional like music literacy for me to keep up with like the times and um be discovering new artists and really immersing myself in the industry uh and so that's how it got started and um then it's just kind of developed since then into like this playlist that i update initially 
I was updating it every two weeks, Oof. which was really <laughs> taxing. Yeah, <that's> <laughs> yeah. And then uh, initially I was um, just putting it in alphabetical order by artist. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was by artist or by track. I don't think it was by artist because then there may have been like two songs in a row. But um, I was definitely uh, just sequencing it in alphabetical order of something. And then I got to a point where I was just like, what if for this like next update, I sequence it? And I was very intimidated by that process. And I was like, let me, like, I'm just going to try it and it might be terrible and I might never do this again. And so then I sequenced it and it was so good. <laughs> it was so much better. The whole experience just listening through was um, a much more pleasurable experience it like took me on more of a journey there was more of like a narrative to the playlist um so then i just started doing that and uh in the last two years um i've also started collaborating with mike and linda um they've also been um actually may have been the last year uh they've been contributing um music to it as well which is like it's very telling because like if you listen to the playlists like from the past it's like it's very much there there is definitely like an eclectic sound of music but now when between me and linda also i like it's jumping from like hardcore like nine inch nails to like some i don't know Glorilla twerking to like to some you know international music or something like that. So it's just it's it's definitely like a well-rounded playlist. But the idea of sequencing and completely turning like not doing any shuffling has been life changing. Like I I used to think that this is like something I was like oh well maybe everybody does this but like there's a lot of people that just pop on Spotify pop on Apple Music and just let it let it just play and shuffle and I'm like. Ugh, I like kind of look down on that now, <laughs> but no, it's it's like yeah. it makes more <laughs> sense now to like sequence it to have to take people on a journey. It's like just like a, kind of like the same way a set list is at a concert at a festival, um, or during like an award show or something. How there's kind of like a, a curation of the music throughout the evening. That's how we treat the playlists uh, at, on for Nine Floor Media that we share every month, and then also how we just treat every single playlist that we ever create for any event, whether it's a birthday, a trip, a car ride, going to the bathroom, <laughs> watching TV. Like every every playlist now kind of is like very much sequence. It's very thought out. So do not shuffle it. Play it from start to finish, and if you don't want to play from start to finish, start from a different point within the playlist, but continue to let it play uh, sequentially. Uh, and for anyone who is a shuffle person, who because I actually have had a number of friends, they're like, I just shuffle. Like I'm a shuffle person. Like I'm, and I'm like, ah, okay. Um, <laughs> I've actually had the uh, like those friends listen to one of these playlists not necessarily the ninth floor because that one while it is sequenced it is like more of a showcase of a variety of genres so like the narrative of that tends to be a little bit more chaotic than like a more focused playlist but like um i've had like one of these friends i like uh created a playlist for one of the trips we went on and she was like 
And she literally said that I gave her a new appreciation for music. And so that was honestly one of the best compliments I've ever received in my life. (laughs) (laughs) I was so happy when she said that. But it's true. Like, when you put things in a certain order and you, like, you can really take your listener through a set of moods if you're doing it for a party even more so you can pretty much like choreograph how the vibe of the party is going to go from start to finish and you can curate like your way through vibes like there's like like you can make sure the music is appropriate for like whatever's happening at the time like if it's a birthday party and there's like you're doing like cake or whatever like you can like account for all of this and then you can even wind the party down when you want it to wind down and then by then like really everyone just kind of leaves like when it's time to leave because that's how you made it sound yeah it's it's definitely something like i feel like the average dj probably thinks about things in this in these terms like thinks about music in these terms for events but it's like why why don't we do that also in our everyday lives our everyday moments listening to music like for me I always liked music, but I think once I started, once you and I started having kind of more serious conversations that led to us starting Knife Floor Media, I realized I was like, oh, wow, it plays a huge part in my life. It's not, it's not just like a passion or something I like to listen to. Like with my entire writing career, every, every piece of writing that I have that I've created, like any formal piece of writing, not just like journals and stuff, but any story, short story, screenplay, poem, all those things have, they're all linked back to some type of music or some type of melody that I listen to while writing it. Or I could tell you what, like, if you if you read like a short story, I could be like, I could tell you which songs to be playing in the background for each scene. Cause that's how much music is like a, uh, heartbeat and like like the underlying part of my life. So when we started Ninth Floor, it was nice to be like, great. It was great to know that we can find ways to incubate other people's careers who are cre- actually creating that art, actually creating the music, but then also, you know, it influence those same people and other people with our passion for music too. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I. Like, I have a very similar, like, the way I listen to music is is very tied to, like, a narrative, in a sense. Like, the way that, like, I don't know, like, it feels like scenes in movies, but, like, in my life. (laughs) Like, when a song (laughs) is playing. Um, Like, I've always, like, music supervision, like, for, like, a a film or television project has always been, like, a dream of mine. And it's something that I know that I would thrive at. Oh, yeah. It's something that I just haven't gone down that path. So if anyone just wants me to do it for them. <laughs> right? Any, anybody have a project out I'm there? Gonna any... do, I'm going to do a really good job, but I don't really have any actual experience doing it, but <laughs> it will be really good. You have a gorilla experience. You have like hands-on experience. Yeah, right? like exactly. Like <laughs> I've done it for my own life. I've, no. I've created a soundtrack to my own life, so I'm sure I could do it for I Okay, like, the music is, music plays so much a big role in my life that, like, I feel like it influences decisions I make because, you know, we talked about this, but when I was younger, it was like, what, 2006, whatever the fuck it was, I was watching The Hills, and the opening song, like, where it's, like, unwritten and she's driving through L.A. and Hollywood, I was like, bitch, 
this is gonna be I, I'm like I'm gonna have this moment. I'm gonna have this experience. Mark my words. Like I knew. And I, and and lo and behold, a bitch has been driving through LA playing unwritten every now and then when I drive to work. Uh, <laughs> in Hollywood. Yeah. I'm like, I have to have No, this I mean there are some like music visual like moments in like pop culture history that I don't even think at the time they really knew how like impactful putting that song with that opening would be. Yeah. Like if like, I don't know, I'm sure there was a lot of thought that went into it, but like it was probably also like a like buzzy artist like Natasha Bedingfield at the time. Like there were probably there was some like influence to promote her. There was probably some labels like pushing their song. Like it probably wasn't as holistic as we'd like it to like to think it was. But um, yeah, it was really just one of the most iconic pairings. <laughs> that, like the Lizzie, or not Lizzie McGuire, what's her real name? Hillary Duff song. Hillary Duff, Come Clean. Yeah, like, okay, so this is funny because the, the, icon, the iconic songs for me are that California song, whatever the fuck it title is, from the OC. We went to Chapman University mm-hmm. in Orange County. Then we have the Laguna Beach song. Uh, the for the theme song from that show from uh, and what was that the that was the Hillary Duff song and your mom lives mm-hmm. in, Laguna, in Laguna Beach so we go there every now and then or a lot. Um, then we have the Hills <laughs> and Unwritten. Mm-hmm. It's like those all those things. It's like those are just like kind of jokingly themes that I really wanted to involve in my life. But like it's just crazy that I I still think about those songs till this day. And those are from shows from twenty something years ago. Uh, 15, 20 years ago. But even now, one of my favorite shows is Girls. Like, I rewatch it all the time. But I listen to the soundtrack consistently. And I was like, it's funny now, there's a lot of things in my life that kind of emulates, like, or very parallel to what she was doing in that show. And every now and then, I'll be, like, in my office at work and, like, turn on, like, the songs that she was, like, that were playing on the show. And I'm just like, it, it motivates me to continue uh, to try to, like, succeed at my goals. Because I'm like, oh, this I have a soundtrack to it now. And I have music playing in the background. It's I also do it when I'm, like, getting ready for work in the morning. I do it when I'm getting ready for bed. Uh, I, got, I play music while I'm brushing my teeth, while, you know, it's all the time, all day. Has there ever been any friendships or moments that you had like a friend that you just completely lost touch with or you didn't see eye to eye with. Say you didn't say <laughs> I was like trying to like I'm trying to pick someone specifically. Uh but like because like well we've been talking about just kind of clicking with everyone and everyone having their different strengths and kind of maintaining friendships since high school, uh college and, and our adult careers now. But is there anyone just just vanished? And like, cause for me, there, there was a lot, like when from Bakersfield, a lot of people fell by the wayside and it's very sad. Like I, at some point they just disappeared. And like, I don't, I don't, I don't remember an argument. I don't remember any crazy beef. I don't remember any like big climactic moment where we just said like, you're done. I never talked to you again. They just, they just completely just fell off the face of the earth. And it was interesting to me. Yeah, for sure. I feel like there's definitely been people who like, um, I feel like for me, there's been a lot of people where it's been like distance. Um, 
Not all, because I actually do have some very close friends who don't live near me, who I keep in regular touch with. Mm -hmm. But there's just some people who, like, your friendship is based in in-person interactions. In a lot of ways, like, you have your most fun, like, in person or, like, um, I don't know, at a festival or whatever, like, or, yeah, like, in social settings. And then when they move away or they're, like, not really in those settings with you anymore, like, the context really isn't there as much anymore. Um, and like, I don't know, I like, to, I'm thinking of a few people in particular, but I still do really like them as people. Like I care about them a lot, but like, it just like, we don't, the context and the, like, we just don't really talk very much anymore. I'll still like wish them happy birthday or something. You're but. nicer than me. Cause <laughs> they, they ain't getting shit from me. I'm like, if you, if you ignored me, you're going to get ignored back. <laughs> I didn't get no happy birthday, didn't get nothing. Like, fuck you. Um, that's funny. But I mean, ignored is different. I'm not, these aren't people who've ignored me. Like, it's just people that like, we don't text very often, but like fully ignored me. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we did um, have that friend. I mean, I don't know if we talked about her last time you were on we probably did but we we had that one friend that there was a blow up blow up we did see the moment that the friendship ended <laughs> that was crazy yeah but i i don't know the reason that ended like i feel as though i like extended the door for a conversation and that was rejected i always like I'm, I'm actually watching this show right now called Firefly Lane, and it's actually very, very much, like, in line with this conversation, because the show, like, basically goes through the entire friendship of these two women through, like, the different stages of their life, like, high school, their 20s, like, when they're getting involved in careers, and then, like, present day. And, like, from the very beginning, there's, like, there are these flash-forwards where, like, they're no longer friends and like they're no longer speaking with each other and like based on the whole show like all of this backstory we're getting i'm like how is that even possible and i'm not even like done with the series yet so i still don't know so i can't even give you a spoiler um <laughs> but uh i already know like i am already sure that i'm not going to agree with the reason that they're not speaking because I don't believe that there's any real reason that you should never speak with your friends again. And like, I don't think there's anything that my friends could do that I wouldn't at least be like, let's talk about it. Like, why did you do that? <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, I would never just like walk away without an explanation. That's why I, like the friendships that I no longer have, it's just because that person, they're they're dealt battling some animosity that's like kind of one-sided because like i don't even care like i don't like i don't like i don't know why you stopped talking to me i don't i didn't change anything in my life that affects that should affect you the only changes that i've made in my life were going to college moving to los angeles getting focusing on my career and coming out and so, like, if oh, if any of if any of those things, like those like that list of things, if any of those things fully affected them and then made them upset, that's on them. Fuck them. But it's it's like, yeah, for me, it's like, I I don't like walking away from situations without trying to hash it out or figure out, you know, how to 
come together or how to compromise. So it's very interesting when you have those friendships that just completely disappear. Because I'm like, that's it's all one sided. You're literally having an argument with yourself because I don't give a fuck. Like, <laughs> I would try to solve it. And I don't even really know what's going on. Like, I don't know. I feel like I, like, you can't really blame someone if you haven't, like, communicated with them. Like, if you haven't explained why you're upset at somebody, they may not even know you're upset. There's, that's happened to me a lot. People will get upset at me and, like, not tell me. And I really am not picking up on the signals. Because, like, if I don't know, I'm just going to be like, everything must be fine. They must be going through something. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I'm not going to, like, make up a And actually, that's kind of, like, um, contributed some to some, like, a little bit of social anxiety, like, more recently in life. Because then I'm like, are people mad at me? And I'm like, most of the time, they're not. And I really do just need to, like, depend on my friends to communicate with me if they're having any issues. Because... I can't just like go into that space where I'm like paranoid or worried that everyone's mad at me because that's just not a healthy place for me to be. Yeah. I, my thing is like, if, if nobody is saying anything and it's just my, me having my own, you know, spiraling or me in my own head, I'm like, okay, well, it's just me in my own head. Sometimes I might actually be right, but if I don't want confirms it for me, then I'm going to I'm going to pretend like it's just it, it's pointless, like it's a mute point and it's not a real. So like I cuz I think go, coming into like my Cancer Libra double Libra, like I do think sometimes I can call, I definitely can pick up on it. I can see it when it when it's occurring. Like I'm like, "Oh, there's an issue. This person got a problem." But they're not bringing it up they're not making it, they're not addressing it to me. So I'm just like, well, I'm just going to let you sit in that shit then. Cause, but I'll let you know, but I'll let everyone else know that I am fully aware they got an issue. So when they pop up or they're acting weird, y'all don't be surprised. <laughs> and, sometimes, yeah. and sometimes everyone will be like, mm, I don't know, Mike. I don't know. I think they're fine. I think they're, that there's not actually an issue there. And I'm like, okay, just watch. Like, I don't know. I like to be very, I'm very nosy. I pay attention to people's mannerisms and, you know, methods of communication. I might not be the best communicator, but I will pay attention to everybody else's shit. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm very, I pick up on those things too, but then a lot of the time it has had nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. And so like, it's kind of like, I don't know. I always just like, don't know. I'm like, okay, I'm picking up on the signals, but like, who are, what are the signals? Who are they for? Like, yeah. cause sometimes yes. if I'm not having a good day, like I'm a little snappy. I'm a little bit like cold. Like, I don't want everyone to think I hate them because I'm like in a bad mood today. Like, (laughs) (laughs) so I kind of, I kind of like give people that like space. I'm like, if you're having a bad day, like that's fine. But like, if it has to do with me, you're going to have to let me know. Yeah. If you don't let me know, it's not my problem. What is like some advice that I guess I kind of like want to hear advice not advice to me directly but like what is some advice to like maintaining uh, a good healthy friendship camaraderie with people whether business or whether whether for play like for, like with us or being able to balance that with with a with the job because we, we we have a company together but then we're also close friends so what is what is like a how do you go about balancing that um, communicating, I think, is, like, the biggest thing because 
like we've been saying, like if you're not communicating, people aren't going to know what you need them to know. So like, I feel like the one I remember one time you and I actually did get into like a little fight. <laughs> I don't know if you remember, and it was like a hundred percent. Like I feel like I caused it, but um, it was like I don't know. Like the reason while I no, it was like between twenty fifteen and twenty eighteen. <laughs> <laughs> Like I'm between, it's that, between like, three years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was like that time frame. It was like after Chapman, but like I think I was still at CAA, but you were okay. living, I think, in Brent in Brentwood. Okay. Um but like I was like misreading your signals because you were kind of like I think you were like going through something and you were kind of like isolating yourself a little bit. And like I took that as like you not being a good friend, and like you're just like not trying to hang out with me because oh, I didn't really yes. like you hadn't. And we did this all in a group text with Kaylin. <laughs> yes. Okay. See, I totally forgot about that. So yeah, that I this it was so interesting because I will take ownership of that because that was new. I definitely think I was like in a that wasn't a part of my life because I used to always be like immediately something get on my nerve, I would kind of pop off. But I also would pop off on a lot of things that don't even get on my nerves just pop like popping off. So people couldn't tell. They'd be like, I don't know, he's mad about everything. So I don't know if he's mad about something serious. But then at that point in my life, for some reason like this crazy level of depression hit where I was not used to it. Where I was like not I wouldn't communicate how I was feeling. I would just shut out. Like, I'd be like, okay, like, I'm not going to talk to anyone because, like, I don't want anyone. I was, like, purposely not wanting support because I was, like, I was just, like, I was, like, I'm not worthy of support. So, you know, I don't say anything because I know, I know if I tell you, I know if I tell Kaylin, I know if I tell my mom and dad, people, they're going to be like, oh, Mike, we can get through this. We'll fix it. But I was, like, no, nothing can be fixed. The world is, you know, my world is over type thing. Um, so yeah, I definitely remember that. And then because we leave those, those blank spaces, then we, it's easy for us to fill in, you know, for, for you to be like, oh, well, he's like, doesn't, he's not a good friend. He's not trying to talk to me. He's purposely avoiding me and all this stuff like that. And then it turns into, turns into all that. But then once we hash it out, I was, we realized I was just in a funk and I definitely don't try to do that now. I'll be letting y'all know. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. I woke I woke up on the wrong side of the bed. My hair is a hot ass mess. I don't feel right. I feel <laughs> like my job is gonna beat me and throw me into the street, and I feel dumb. <laughs> y'all, y'all, be like, okay, he's spiraling. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I do remember that. Yeah, I remember I like created a, a whole narrative because you had also like just moved in with like Caitlin and Grant. So like in my mind, I was like, I'm just like like working at CA every day and like not seeing people and they're just like off like having fun on the west side like <laughs> okay like just for like, context y'all like, I live like three minutes from him so <laughs> I know I, I think I also live on the west side like, but they live like further west further west further like I said like five minutes without traffic uh you're like it was like five minutes away but that's funny yeah I definitely I remember that Man, that was not a good time. Uh, and see, it's interesting because, like, there's... I definitely have just been trying to avoid that. And there... Because, like, there's been moments now where I'll be, like, haven't talked to someone in a while, and then I'll kind of get that thought in the back of my head, like, oh, they're, like, having the time of their life without me. And then I go, no, let me just say hello and see what's up. And then 
And you're like, oh, hey, I've just been busy. I just, they both, they also were doing the same, thinking the same thing. It's just that, you know, it takes, mm-hmm. it takes one person to make that initiative to reach out. Yeah. So the communication, I think, is like the biggest thing of like, especially like if you're also going to be doing business with your friends, um, you just seem to be clear about like what expectations are, what like, I don't know, ultimate compensation is going to look like, how we're splitting things, like figure all of that out with your friends. Like, I know it's not like fun, but <laughs> like, it's going to be really fun if whatever you, whatever business endeavor you go on is massively successful. If everything was figured out in advance, you are going to have the time of your life. This And if it's fair, <laughs> like figure it out in advance and also make sure it's fair because then everyone will have a good time. See, um, this, this is but, how we have a great time at Coachella because this is that's our plan. We're like, bitch, we gonna figure everything out before we get there. So we're gonna. All have yeah, to you don't want to show up to the festival and like you don't have like money or like water or like any or sunscreen. Like <laughs> you don't know who you're gonna go see. You don't even know what the lineup is. You don't even know where. Like that would be a hot ass mess. Like, imagine if you show up to the festival and find out two of your favorite artists are conflicting, like, when you get there. Yeah, no, 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 no. Plan ahead. <laughs> and understand that there's a lot of people in the group. So I think you left it with some great words of wisdom, but is there any last thing that you got want to need everybody to check out? Uh, what's the website? What, what do people need to look out for? Oh, yeah. So um, the website is www.ninthfloor.media there's no com it's just ninthfloor.media <laughs> um, you can check out our artists there um, as well as our Instagram which is at ninthfloormedia um, but yeah our artist Slake Dronsky has a new uh, single coming out at the end of the month um, you can hear snippets of it on his social media it was actually premiered at an art show uh, in Nashville, um, that the theme of the art show was centered around dopamine and how it relates to the human experience. And his piece is also called Dopamine. So I love it. It's a really good song. It's really fun for the summer. So everyone, please go listen to it and um, use it in your TikToks whenever you, if you go on a trip, make <laughs> a TikTok, put it in the background, because I know that trip definitely like, triggered some dopamine. Yes, I love to. I love the like. You definitely are his manager, or we're definitely his managers. <laughs> so we'll be like, make sure you put in a TikTok and also tag him, <laughs> and make sure you send him an email that you love him. Uh, <laughs> no, it's actually it's a, it's a pretty trippy song. Y'all, y'all are gonna love it. Um, all right, so thank you so much for being one of my first guests back because I have been doing this kind of just with Grant and kind of on my own, but now we're trying to get some more voices in here. So I really appreciate you taking the time. Of course, this is fun and I'm happy to come back anytime. I'm always like the whole, after I did that last episode, I kept like telling Mike, I was like, please bring me back on like ASAP. Like I want to talk about this topic. I want to join for this topic. And then he like wasn't bringing me back. <laughs> I had to wait. I was procrastinating. I was was having those moments like 2015 to 2018 all over again. (laughs) 
All right. Yeah, but I'm glad to be back and I'm very excited for um, the rest of your season. Yes. Next time we're going to do a video episode. We'll have us getting ready before a party or something or a rave. Get some people some juicy, oh. some juicy background BTS. Yeah, that'll uh, be fun. So make sure you follow Mike on TikTok as well. Oh, uh, look at him. <laughs> He's my manager too. Uh, all right. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening to Black Men in the Right World with Mike Thompson. To get more, check out www.blackmanrightworld.wordpress.com or email me at blackmanrightworld at gmail.com. Also, check me out on Instagram or YouTube. Peace out, motherfuckers. <laughs>